Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the Galactic Podcast. I am Lauren Romo. With me, as always, is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. Talk to me, Goose. <laughs> Talk to me, Goose. <laughs> What's going on, Ange? <laughs> I love that movie. Solid movie. Yep. Uncle Steve has watched that movie sixteen times already. Yeah. Wow. That's an, that's amazing. <laughs> solid Uncle Steve. Solid. <laughs> Oh, man, what a week for Star Wars. Wow. We're going to have a lot to talk about today. Wow, 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 wow. This is going to be some good stuff. And we're not alone, Andrea. We have a guest, and we have a very special guest. I have a good friend of ours, a uh, the man, the myth, the legend, I want to say, on Twitter. I'll call him that. Mr. Alden Diaz from Acto Radio. What's going on, buddy? A legend? I'm putting that <laughs> on my... It's going on my resume. Put it on the resume, pal. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. That's That's going right out the header. It's going above legend. broadcaster, editor, whatever the hell. It's going legend <laughs> broadcaster. Yeah. Thank you so much for the for the lovely intro. Happy yeah. to be here. Happy to be on the show, especially with such a great chapter of Star Wars to talk about. Oh God. Yeah. This was a this was a deep one. And oh man. Yeah. So if you guys don't follow Alden, you need to. He does a lot of great threads on Star Wars. And obviously his show, who he just interviewed. Mr. Ryan Johnson, the director mm-hmm. of The Last Jedi. Nice. And it was amazing. Very good. Yeah, it was amazing. Thanks. Like you so an much. hour, an hour, over an hour, right? You yeah, I think for? in total, it's, uh, oh, it's, a, it's an hour, 12 minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hour, 12 minutes, 42 seconds, but I wasn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, if you subtract all the times that uh, he takes a sip of his. No. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was really super sweet. Um, that episode's been very well received. It was like, Exactly what I wanted it to be in the sense that if anybody, whether you're a Last Jedi fan or not, you can listen to that and get something you haven't gotten in the last five years. We do not spend the entire time talking about why Luke did what he did or or subverting expectations. No, we actually talked about new stuff, um, which is was a joy. Yeah, it was. It's an amazing, an amazing interview. And I'm, I'm so proud of you. So proud of you, buddy. I can't wait. Thanks, friend. More to, more people to listen to it. Well, let's get into it, guys. Andor episode four. This is what we're here for. But if this is your first time listening to us, though, welcome. We are Star Wars podcast that discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it. And we talk about it. Alden, I want to go back to you real quick because you, again... Recorded and uh, interviewed Mr. Ryan Johnson. And then you were invited to the Andor premiere I was. in L.A. Yeah. Talk, talk about that, my friend. <laughs> that was a really interesting experience because I've been because I, I work in broadcasting. I work in radio. Um, so when I was at the last company I worked for full time at iHeartRadio, there was a lot of, you know, opportunities, but it was Miami. So it's like, you're not going to, you're not going to get red carpet it or see a lot of people, but I got to see Rise of Skywalker early. I got to see Endgame early, things like that. Uh, Mandalorian, the closest I ever got to an experience like this was Mandalorian season one. They did a simulcast. So as the premiere was happening in Hollywood, they showed it in Chicago, New York, and Miami. And so you got, we got to see one, two, and three before Disney plus even launched. And that was surreal. But this was just next level in the sense that we got to see the first three. So the first four went out to the media. I I declined to watch four because I didn't want to like 
I didn't want the end of three to feel different. So I just watched right. the, you know, so I waited for the premiere, watched one through three and Tony Gilroy and Diego introduced it, but they did this really cool thing where everybody that was invited was brought to the front rows and we're sitting there and we're waiting. And at the El Capitan theater in Hollywood, there's an organ and so there's an organ player. He's playing all the Disney classics. He's playing Star Wars and Indiana Jones and things like that. And Diego and Tony come out and they do their introduction. And they br- sort of bring the lights down a little bit and like sort of spotlight them. And what we didn't realize is and we knew obviously people were there. Like in the lobby, I saw Linwin Brennan, who's the general manager of Lucasfilm. We saw Kristen Baver and everybody doing Star Wars show, filming it outside or um, this week in Star Wars rather. But what we didn't realize is that the back rows behind us were full of cast and crew that all were sat very quietly. Oh, no way. So Diego pulls out a paper out of his pocket and he's like, I'm going to read all these names off a list. And if it's you stand and let everybody clap. And we're like, oh, because normally they bring them out on stage. And so then then you see everybody sort of turning like they're sitting here like and they were and not like they had their own row. They were scattered. As if it was a movie, like as if it, like <laughs> That's so awesome. Genevieve was two rows behind me. Fiona Shaw was like four rows to my back left. It was just like or back right. That's what directions are. Um, it was a whole and then Kathleen Kennedy all back row for the seat like she had sat after everybody. Um, beautiful moment of everybody getting their shine and being clapped for and great experience and you could tell everybody in the room was feeling like this is hard hitting. Like the the attitude of everybody leaving was like, Oh, Oh yeah. Like everybody was in the mood to like go fight someone, you know, like, cause that, that third one ends so hard that it was the perfect one to go out. It's like a little movie. Those first three as an art and the same one that we'll talk about with four. This Mm -hmm. is the, probably I would argue the least ending of all star Wars episode endings. He's basically just like, can I eat my food? They're like, yeah. He's like, cool. And then the episode ends. <laughs> so it's like they're definitely playing these as arc, 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 which I like. Which I, yeah, I love that because it's very Clone Wars, very not Rebels, but Rebels was more, I think. Uh, yeah. Rebels kind of did both. Holy, it, yeah. it would do a one off and then an arc and then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I just, yeah, that, I mean, there are so many of our friends. I mean, obviously you did, you went, I think the triad of the force was there. Pink milk was there. Obviously Alex and Molly were there. There were so many wonderful people that got to go to that and it was really cool to see. So I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it, my friend. Well-deserved. As Thank you well-deserved. so much. Well-deserved. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a nice night. The Willow cast was there. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, were, they were chill. Because we, we, everybody like Aaron Kellerman walked by as she was going to like to the restroom, like in the public bar area and the hotel after. And then she walked by and you could tell everybody was like, Oh my God, Emphis Ness. Like, Oh my God, is Emphis Ness going to be in the show? And people were like, no, the Willow cast is here. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. She doesn't never, just do that. Never mind. Right. Yeah. <laughs> never mind. All right. Well, yeah, let's, I mean, let's get into this episode four because, Oh, wow. Um, you know, before we started recording, we were kind of talking that it, like a lot happened and then not a lot happened. It was one of those episodes where just like a lot of information came out on us. Maybe not a lot of action, but so much information, lore building, things that we have seen in Star Wars before, but in a different light. Like it was just a wonderful, wonderful episode. And I can't wait to, we're going to dive into it. Andrea, kick us off. Let's start with our overall thoughts. 
moments, uh, themes you, you picked up on this episode, anything that stand out? How did you view it? Give us your story, my friend. Uh, I, I don't even remember when I watched it. (laughs) Oh, I remember now. I watched it early. That's right. By myself. And I loved it. Um, and I watched it later in the night with my mother and she goes, do you know what they're talking about? And she said, do you know all these places they're saying? And I was like, yeah. And, um, when it was over with, she was like, well, that went way over my head. And I was like... (laughs) I go, well, yeah. I go, but if you were watching a regular show and they're throwing out these cities, you don't have to know them. You don't have to know these people. You just kind of put it in your in your pocket and get ready for what's coming up later. So I thought this episode was excellent. Just like you said, Lauren, we got so much yet so little. Um, the new characters that were introduced, uh, Deidre and Val were outstanding um performance actors performance in these in the show is just beyond amazing um diego luna's performance was great of course again uh stellan skarsgård was just awesome that scene between him and bell was just lights out um i just completely i liked seeing coruscant i liked seeing the isb i liked the um the mind frame of the isb you know they're not really here as security they're here as i loved how that guy called them healthcare. you know find the virus and healthcare providers yeah yeah, yeah. it's crazy yeah. um there's a lot of um co- couple like name drops i thought that were interesting they they name dropped saw but along with mossy and Gar- garvish i don't know who that is i don't know if you guys do um i liked when they talked about um when Cassian and Luthan were talking about like who he is and who he stands with and they were like Alliance, Sep, Gorilla, Partisan Front. Like I loved all those names. It was just great. So uh, if you're deep into the Star Wars politics and deep into the Star Wars um, I guess lore or just you know if you read novels and comics and you, you really go deep into different kinds of characters this was an excellent episode. Yeah. Yep. Totally agree. It it really was. It was that type of episode where you got so much that you either have heard of, know of, that has been talked about maybe in other mediums, other areas of, you know, Star Wars that we haven't really zoomed in yet. And now we are. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating, fascinating, I think, politics within the ISB. I love too, Ange. That that's one of my favorite stuff too. And we'll, we'll talk about them in a little bit. Um, oh, Amon Mothma. Sorry, yeah. that was just Amon um, Mothma, the greatest, the greatest of all yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. Jennifer right. was was beautiful. Just and everything on Coruscant looked great. Um, I loved how when uh, Karns got sent back to his mother's house, oh. he went down. I think you could see on the elevator it was like level like ninety nine or zero ninety nine. Could anybody tell on that? I forgot to zoom on that, but yeah, it was yeah, it I didn't was check low. The level. I just assumed it's where. You know, fail sons and man children. <laughs> 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 Great. <laughs> so the worst, the worst people. I was like, is that zero nine nine? What is that? His mom zero even is a Karen to the person across the street. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the worst <laughs> it's such a great scene yeah yeah his his character and maybe we'll talk about him when we talk about the isb overall and everything like that but his character yeah. is really interesting i can't wait to see where he goes because i i feel like he can go in many many different directions but 
Alden, I'll throw it to you, my friend. Yeah. Overall thoughts on this episode, themes, moments that stood out to you. What you got, my friend? I adored this episode because it was sort of the first Star Wars walk and talk, sort of West Wingy. Like it's all the ideas, and instead of fights, people are you have the same tension as being in a blaster fight, but instead of fearing for your life because you're going to get shot or you know slashed with a saber, it's not being able to trust the new driver, not being able to trust your coworkers if you're Deidre Miro and or you know if you're major part of gas, you're trying to run this meeting, and you know everyone's point of view is that everyone around them is either are they trustworthy or not, and that's sort of what. And that's a real life stress that everybody can relate to. Um, so I thought that that was super interesting. I loved, I mean, this is a Luthan rail, just like Stan podcast at this point, we were talking about it off air. This, this character is incredible without, without alien makeup, without a lightsaber, without anything. I mean, he has, he has some stuff of I me. Mean, obviously he's good in a firefight. He has an amazing ship. I love Luthan. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. But his, his ethos is just that of somebody who's, disgusted with their own class like he is super high class he does have all this money and he could be like Perrin who we'll talk about but he doesn't he chooses to instead get down into the mud and try to actually make a difference and that's where you meet Vel and you know Cassian goes under the alias of Clem to join her group of rebels and it's really interesting to see that all flush out um I loved the the stark difference between the locations like the tone of like and the feel of when you're in the ISB versus when you're on Aldani. Like it's like so classic George of this is white and sterile and too clean and too uncomfortable. And over here it's like we have sheep and with like six horns. Uh and you know, we're trying to trying to get anything done. Yeah. Walking through the mud and the and the hills and everything. So it was a extremely well balanced episode and a nice start to what appears to be another arc you know they talk about this we have we're gonna have nine minutes to do this we're gonna have to do this and this and this i was like oh cool sounds like the next couple episodes like we're gonna this whole like um natural phenomenon of watching this thing that happens every three years that's sounds like it's gonna be the end of whatever this arc is and that's like the way that they talk about that like there's no force there's no jedi but you get this kyber crystal this piece of blue kyber and then you get the talk of this natural phenomenon. So it's sort of what Star Wars really does best. Like we'll win because we're in touch with something bigger versus them who it's all like reports and stats. Yeah. Especially with the ISB, like you're saying that, I mean, like you said, Andrea, like the healthcare provider, like they feel like they're the ones that have to go. If there's something's going wrong in a certain sector, they are the ones that sniff at it, sniff it out. Mm hmm. And they are not just there for security. And as Major Park, you know, Park Gun said, like security is an illusion. And I love that line. I love when he said that. Like security is an illusion to them. Like they are there specifically to, you know, root out any problems or any, you know, uh, rumblings of a rebellion, really. And then for her, you know, for Deidre too, for her, you know, to kind of see that, but then to kind of be shunned away from that. And we'll talk about that in a little bit overall, but yeah, these characters, these new characters that we have gotten so far are so good. There is just moments in this, in this episode specifically for me, where I'm just like, wow, this is really what I 
wanted. I never knew I wanted from Star Wars, but this is like the the politics, like you were saying, Alden. This was like the the tension without the the, the blasters, the the saber swords. Like they, this was just Game of Thrones esque, comparing it to another franchise. Like that type of tension, that political tension is there, and I love it so much. And you know, for me, I I feel like too, like the the theme that I have been picking up is community overall like this community of the rebellion the community within like the isb and how they work and then the um you know the community of just the overall galaxy like people just regular people coming together like when cassian goes to that crew and it's just oh it's so good i mean it's so typical star wars and i just oh i just love this show so much like it's just it's so good and yeah we're we're gonna talk about Luthan and all of them for sure because this is a Luthan stand podcast like for sure me and Andrea have declared that I think last episode as well so we're definitely going to talk about him but let's start with obviously our main man Cassian his his doings this episode as we've been talking about he he goes with um Luthan to Aldani and he meets this rebel cell of characters that we uh, know as uh, Lev or Vel, I'm sorry, Vel, Skeen, Terra, uh, Terramin, Nemec, uh, Sinta, and then Lieutenant Gorn. Good who's job, the Defector. Thank you. That, Alden, that sounded Alden. like that sounded like if you asked somebody make up Star Wars names, <laughs> they would just be like, uh, I don't know, Skeen. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's my biggest complaint with Star Wars. I've said it to Andrew before. Can we just get a Bob in here? Steve, I like, think that we, we got Tim, <laughs> but then he got shot. Right, that's true. Yeah, All but right. I had two M's. It wasn't your typical it's space <laughs> Tim. Yeah, it was yeah. very space, space Tim. Tim. Space Tim. Yeah. So these new characters. I mean, I love this idea of this rebellion. Again, these people that have been, you know, working for apparently like five months on this project or this kind of uh, their mission, and then Luthen throws in the whole Cassian into uh bell's lap and she's upset but in the end he knows he's right because of what the mission calls for and he knows cassian will get the job done and like you said all then he goes under the name clem which is if uh, correct me if i'm wrong that's a shout out to like his adoptive dad yep. who we will probably hopefully learn maybe a little bit more but yeah he uses his name and his blaster right right so it's it's very again that was very kind of little poetic of Cassian to to use that name. But just that whole scene of Aldani, like you can tell that this was a on location, a lot of on location, which I love. I think that's a big thing that I've noticed with the show so far is again, we love Mandalorian here too. We love what the volume has done for a lot of these Star Wars shows, but this particular episode I feel like it shows like when you do sets and locations it just feels different and it feels more authentic. And I think that's what you, we get with this whole Aldani crew and the scene. I mean, like you said, Alden, it's sheep and sticks. <laughs> like just, it's so cool. Like it's such a stark, stark crash difference from the ISB or even the, you know, Coruscant overall, like Luthen's gallery. Like you can see the, the difference between these two worlds and these two people, you know, these two sets of, of people. So I, this whole crew is cool. I love, I love, love, love Val. I think she's one of my new favorite characters as well. I love this, just this whole idea of how they're going to, you know, get into this uh, armory, like this whole mission that they're going to do. I can't wait. I can't wait for this to go down. I'm very excited. 
to to talk about this, you know, and see it come come to fruition. So, Andrew, I'll throw it back to you. This whole crew, any anybody stand out? Any moments? Anything that you really picked up on? Uh, what stands out to me is the actual mission sounds dope. Like what we're gonna see in these next two episodes, I believe, is just gonna be maybe something we've never seen before in Star Wars. It just sounds so like magical. It's like the celestial event, the eye of the Aldani. Like it sounds so cool. Like I just I'm I feel like in my mind I'm really hyping what's coming up for this mission. So I'm getting kind of nervous because we might someone might pass out and then they wake up and they're like we're done with the mission and we didn't even see it. But uh it sounds magical and wonderful it sounds like something we've never really seen in star wars so i'm super excited about that i love all the characters i love um the little guy who says that he can tell that um cassie is cassian is in it for um the right reasons yeah anemic yeah yes um you know in these type of situations i kind of like I get nervous, you know, I'm like super nervous for Cassian right now, right? Because he has like this weird cover he just got thrown into and is he going to mess it up? Is is that going to be what, what fails this mission is that he wasn't supposed to be here or he is supposed to be here and it's just all like super chaotic but like subtle chaos. It's really nice, um, this storyline that's going on right now with this crew. So, I mean... I always say it's just I loved hearing the the um the sound of the tie fighters. I loved hearing the sound of the speeder. You know, we talked about that in the last episode that there wasn't a stormtrooper, there wasn't um a lightsaber sound, a blaster, a mention of a Jedi, none of that stuff. And then all of a sudden you're getting this little take of like a tie fighter screaming through and it was just great. So um I mean, that's all it really comes down for me for Cassian is that I'm super nervous what his character is about to go through. And I would like to believe and I kind of expect that he is um, going to come out like pretty well in this scenario. I don't know, because, I mean, he eventually becomes a fulcrum, you know, he ends up really deep in the alliance all that stuff. So this might be like his starting point or it could go really bad. Who knows? I could tell you he's not going to die. Yeah. I know, I know that, that too. I yeah. know that. That's a, that's in a later story. I don't know if you guys, <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that, but yeah. he might almost die though. That's true. That. Everyone else is fair game. That's the thing. It's like, <laughs> wait, yeah. It's like watching like rings of power. Like I know you, you and you make it. And then yeah. the rest of you. No, like Val. No, I don't even remember your name. Yep. Come with an eye. Val, Nemec, Nemec, <laughs> right. you're really cute. You seem like you have a crush on Cassian. You might eat it, dude. You might yeah, die. Right. Who knows what's gonna happen with you? Yeah, it, it's yeah. Everything you said is spot on. I mean, it's um, it stands to be this pivotal moment of like this is his Han Solo moment in a lot of ways. Like, are you gonna do it oh, for more than money? Yeah. yeah, it really yeah. is a good. Yeah. So far, he's been it's been, been about payment. You know, can I do what I want to do and stick it to them and also get something for myself and so do you think this mission is solely about money and stealing payroll? Like, I don't is there think, something else? Yeah, because what's interesting is that Vel claims there's a different goal than what Luthen claimed. And he says, whoa, 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 what do you mean? A, 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 is it a, gay, a garrison or a barracks or something? He's like, I thought that we were going to steal a payroll. And then she shuts it down. We don't talk about Luthen. Don't ever talk about him again, especially not in front of the others. So I, I feel like once we get in there, 
will realize that Luthen didn't give either of them the whole truth, but that maybe both of them together were put together because he's playing a bigger game than they're. It's need to know. You know, if you know too much, then if you get captured, you'll talk and you can't have that. Luthen is like a ruthless sort of chess person, I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And he even, I mean, that's even kind of what Val said too to the other members of their squad. Like she said, this is need basically need to know and just know that he was part of the plan the entire time, even though he wasn't. She's, as she was told by Luthen, this is how you have to play it. And she's just following what Luthen's saying. So it's going to be very interesting. I, I, I kind of agree with both of you that like, how is this mission going to go? Is it going to be successful? Is it going to be a failure? Is this something that maybe changes Cassian's mind to fully jump into the this alliance, this rebellion, and become this fulcrum that we know he becomes later on? Like this is, I think this is going to be an interesting kind of moment for his character and like where, obviously we know where it goes, but like, was this the beginning of where he thinks he can be a part of something bigger that even Luthen was telling him before they got to Aldani. Like, I love that whole conversation between Cassian and Luthen in the ship. He's like, I know you. He's like, I know, I know everything from the outside. He's like, I can guess what's on the inside. Basically that like, you're pissed. I, yeah. I loved when he caught him in a lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was like, you were on the ground for six months and you came in as a cook. Nice right. try. Yeah, I mean, they did even drop the, um, that the planet starts with an M. I'm going to mispronounce it, but the one that we saw in oh, Solo. Mimbam, yeah. Like, could he have, I mean, I know everybody's talking about like, oh, I wonder if he, he saw Han Solo. Okay, yeah, whatever. That would have been cool. I don't need to know that, though. But, like, how Luthen knew who he was. And again, like, he's like, I know everything about you from the outside, but the inside, I can only imagine and guess. But he knows, like, but he was right when he called out Cassian and why he wants to do this. He's like, I know you want to get at these bastards. Like, this is I this is how we can do it and you get paid for it. And I think that's how he kind of got Cassian in to do this. But then just like both of you are saying, is he being truthful to both Val uh Val and Cassian? No. <laughs> Definitely not. He's keeping everything close to the vest. Even from Mom Mothma maybe too. We will we'll talk about it in a little bit, but yeah, I I love that this whole crew is really is really really fascinating. I'm excited to see how this mission goes down. Alden, anything else um, about this crew stands out to you? Any other moments, conversations that happened with uh, with them? I like that they sort of represent this idea that the rebels in all their forms, any rebel cell, pick any of them, um, from. Mothma all the way down to the Ewoks come Return of the Jedi. They all have to choose to trust even if they don't want to. You have to you have to assume the better of somebody or else you're going to lose. Like they're not happy about this change. They're all questioning it. They question Vel, Vel questions Luthen, it all the way goes up, but what are they supposed to do? Cause infighting? Like try to fight who they think is Clem, like what, what, what's the option here? The only option you have is to choose trust and the empire never chooses trust. Their, their Monday morning meeting is all about trying to screw each other over or trying to make each other look stupid or rejecting each other's requests. And that's why they lose. And so I thought that even a kid who's watching this, that maybe some of the harder themes are going to go over their head. 
the basics of what they'll grab is good guys can work together and bad guys, even on a team, even sitting together, are not together. And that's an important distinction to make. So I thought that that was cool. Right. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's that's a really good call that even a an empire that has so much resources, but they can't work together versus a rebellion that has very little resources can work together and overcome that type of like uh, burden or however you want to call it. Like it is truly amazing. That's a really good call. My friend always, always a good call. Good job. Okay. So let's move on though. Cause I, I want to deep dive into Luthen and my Mothma because, Oh boy, <laughs> these were some great scenes. So I want to start with uh, Luthen's gallery. You know, for those who said Andor wasn't going to have Easter eggs, I think you can simmer down now. Because we had a plethora. You lose. (laughs) You get nothing. (laughs) Good day, sir. Because we had a plethora of Easter eggs within his gallery. And I I, I didn't even write them all down. But the ones I picked up on was, you know, those stone tablets from Rebels. I picked up on that. I know a lot of people are picking up on the armor of um, Starkiller. Yep. We had a Gungan shield. In the yeah. background, we had yeah. a um, the weapon that he showed Mon Mothma was in Revenge of the Sith, that system right. or that planet. Did you, uh, did you catch Indiana Jones's whip? No. Okay. So, yeah. So, see, I, I there's so many that yeah. so I it, did It's not really catch. clever because the whip is not visible in a normal way. It's because there's the back room and the front room. And the back room where they have their conversation, there's these, instead of like, carbonite rectangles that we're used to were like to fit a a body like han it's carbonite squares and in that first carbonite square is indy's whip wrapped up in a circle like the way that it's a circle when he carries it and it's in carbonite um so it's like you put a little harrison ford in carbonite which is just a great thing and i think alex damon said that the, the stones from temple of doom are on a shelf um but what i love about the implications of a lot of these is that like they're cool for us, but take the Rebels ones, for example. We know when this takes place. It's 5 BBY, or BBY 5, as the first one says. Whereas that Lothal temple is still intact, has not been broken by the Empire, etc., etc. Which then tells you in a roundabout way, there are more of those. Like somewhere out there, there's a planet we've never seen before, that also had one, which is a really, really cool thing to think about. And when we get to the parent scene, I'll talk more about Rebels. But this show, for Gilroy being the one that's like, I'm not interested. He clearly still did homework and was still, because this episode, like, not just references Rebels, directly sets up one of its key storylines. So it was a treat for everybody. Yeah, so like bo- both sides of it. The no Easter egg, so it's bad. And the no Easter egg, so it's good. There was both of those attitudes, and they're both wrong. They're very wrong because Easter eggs are good, and that's part of Star Wars too. I think we've all, in every show we've gotten some type of Easter eggs for sure. Like it's been and it's been fabulous. But obviously, beyond beyond the Easter eggs, this whole this whole gallery is so cool. And you know, one of my favorite it's probably one of my favorite scenes of this show so far is when Luthen is coming to Coruscant and, you know, the ship, he gives his, you know, ship the protocol to land 
And he goes and transforms into this charismatic gallery owning person versus the guy that we saw a couple episodes back who was, you know, uh, marking the door before they before he walked in so so they had an exit plan like to see him just put that wig on and then just do that little just little moment of like the hand gesture just to get himself into another character his little flourish was so good yeah his flourish yeah his flourish like that that's almost like Stella like Stellan Skarsgård was like I'm gonna I'm playing one character but I'm actually playing two in one and he's you can just tell he's having so much fun with it. Like when he's talking to Mon Mothma in the front, in front of her new driver, in front of his, you know, uh, assistant. And then they go into the back, like you said, Alden, and he changes back into this, that character, that hardened, like rebel, you know, uh, rebel Alliance person. Like you can just tell the voice changes, his attitude changes. And then he knows it's time to go back out front and he changes back. And so does Mon Mothma too. Like her whole kind of attitude changes as well. So this whole gallery scene, I just, I loved, love so much. The, the acting is just spectacular. And then just the conversation that uh, my Mothma and Luthen had. And, and I'll throw this question out to both of you. Uh, who do we think my Mothma is referring to as to bringing into this quote unquote circle and Luthen's like nah, we're good we just need your money i need your money we need the resourcing so everyone who's a real fan knows that it's representative jar jar binks <laughs> uh and because just like, as i i dream i dream of seeing jar jar binks and Luthen rail have a conversation um but yeah i i, I g- genuinely b- betting money is on an original character because it's gilroy right. Right. And I don't see him doing the kind of writing that is supposed to make us have these conversations. But he, you know, he's dealing with Star Wars fans. So, of course, we're going to safe money under that. Someone from Rogue One, like Antoc mm. Merrick or General mm. Draven, someone yeah. like that. The, the obvious, obvious, obvious thought is Bale and Brea, but they're already in. Like, I don't see them as they were OGs, like Delegation of the 2000. They we know from the Ahsoka novel that he's had Ahsoka as a fulcrum for a while. I think at the time of this show, Ahsoka's been a fulcrum at least part time for like 13 years. So yeah. it's it's right. been it's she's been in the game. Leia is, if not in the game, about to be because Princess of Lothal and Rebels and Princess of Alderaan. She's already found out uh, about what her parents' role is. So you, know, you can make uh, Admiral Radis. You can make arguments for a lot of people Ooh, in leadership, cool. but I feel like military folk. It's sort of like they're trying to be low key right now. So I don't know if it would be an admiral or a general at this stage, but yeah, it's interesting. What do you, what do you both think? I you hear know, lots of good arguments. Yeah. I would be interesting. That'd be cool if it was a OG for sure, like a character from rogue one, but I wonder if she maybe is referring to somebody within a defector that she wants to bring in. Like, I don't know who that could be, but I'm just, cause my thought goes to, okay, obviously the Alliance, you know, had to get intelligence somehow. So obviously they are getting help as we see in Aldani from these defecting officers or lieutenants. So I wonder if she has somebody within Coruscant, within maybe the ISB that's going to help her. I don't know. I think that would be an interesting twist beyond like you're saying, Alden, like the, 
the OG or the Rogue One nods that we could get for sure. I think that'd be really interesting. Andrea, what are your thoughts? And then talk about that whole gallery scene too. Uh, no clue. I had this question down in my notepad to ask you guys because I had no idea. I was like, man, who could that be? Um, fan service I guess Hera, right? Because um, Hera like gets that. pretty tight with like that. Um, the different types of cells. So maybe with that's Hera's too. Yeah. 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 Um, twisty, twisty would be Deidre ISB. The reason she's really kind of pushing stuff is because she's um, a double agent and she's trying to see if... I like that. The Imperials up on uh, them. So I don't know. It was, uh, it didn't, it didn't hit me the first time I watched it that she even said that. I was just kind of like, wow, where are we? Look at that stuff in the background. Holy crap. I love, I love Selden Skarsgård. Like, just give me more. This is, oh man, Genevieve is beautiful. You know, I totally in this episode fell back into my, I have no idea what I'm watching, but I'm loving it. I'm going to look a little bit more into it when I watch it again. So, um, yeah, that scene was great. Um, it just really was. It, and I just love the tension and the, the delivery from uh, Genevieve saying that, you know, there's someone different in the Senate every day. Um, I have a new driver. Um, no one's the same. Like, that was just absolutely outstanding just to kind of give you an idea of the atmosphere on Coruscant and what's happening. So that scene, beautiful. Yeah, no, agreed. Her her and Stellan's performance in that like backroom conversation was so good because you could feel the tension in their voice, especially for Genevieve, like you said, like new new driver, new people at the bank where she does the transferring of money and everything. Like I don't know why when she, she said the bank worried. I immediately yeah. went to Harry Potter and I was like <laughs> seeing the trolls or were they even trolls? What are they called? I don't uh, even know. Yeah, I can't remember. What there are about. trolls, but the bank is goblins. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, man, she went there and they're all different goblins. And I was like, wait, wrong universe. What am I thinking? <laughs> I love that. Uh, Alden, what about you? This whole gallery scene, man. Whew. It's Spicy. fantastic. It's it's fantastic because it, it's one of those great Star Wars scenes that raises the questions like the one we just talked about. But it's also got like this this assistant of his who it's like she's risking her life, too. What's her story? Like, how do you build those bonds of trust? Whereas the driver is a new driver, which they talk about, someone that they can't trust. So they have to adjust their approach. You can assume maybe Mothma's previous driver got arrested, has disappeared somehow. You're not really sure what happened, but it causes them to have to play a little bit of improv. And the way that Stellan, Skarsgård, and Genevieve O'Reilly change tones, how it's a little bit easier for him. She takes pause because she's clearly in a lot of pain and in a lot of fear. Um, that backroom transition immediately into this conversation about money and the inner circle and what's going on and who's this and that. And the way that that all builds to when she's in her speeder and she's like kind of undoes that first button and is like, like any moment could be the end of everything. Um, and it's a it's a testament to the quality of the writing and the directing and the acting that we know Mon Mothma makes it way past these events. She makes it past Return of the Jedi. She lives a long life and we still are afraid. Um, and somebody out there, it's their first time ever seeing her. And for that person, I'm really interested to see what they would think. But uh, that's always a, a conversation to like remind ourselves about that. This is the first time that theoretically there's somebody out there, some kid or teenager that, 
hasn't seen Rogue One that just got Disney Plus and doesn't know what happens to Cassian Andor. That that's a thing. It's always going to be a thing. Um, but to see the way that this pans out adds a whole new layer to the rebels um, that we see later on. The rebels have always had different layers and facets, and there's been a little bit of magic to the rebels with like Obi-Wan and Luke and, and people like Ezra and Kanan. There's been a little bit of like military might and there's been politicians, but we've never had to see the spies be spies. Even Rogue One, which like has a couple spy elements, they're more soldiers. They they are going to run and gun. They never have to do something like this. And this, I think, sort of changed the game and made their cause more desperate. Yeah, no, good call, because it, it was it's a fascinating again. We're seeing that we're seeing things that we know in such a different way now, like we're seeing it up front instead of kind of like background that we've always heard about or read about. We're seeing it on screen now, like this spy, you know, spy Star Wars kind of politics movement that we've always heard of. We're seeing it. We're seeing Mon Mothma play this this game with other characters. We're seeing the rebellion form in these little pockets and how it eventually comes together, as we know in Rebels, when she does the call out. Like it all is leading up to these moments, but we're seeing it from the ground now. And it's such a fascinating, fascinating thing to see and a fascinating just, you know, way of storytelling for Star Wars that we've never gotten. And I'm I'm so excited to see again more Luthen for sure. I can't wait. I'm very excited to see what goes on with Mom Mothma because then transition to her scene with her husband, Perrin, who A, I don't like, to I I I don't see him in the future, so maybe he dies. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I wouldn't hate it. Crossing my fingers. <laughs> We're all all crossing our fingers that that's the case. He's going to get the Tim with two M's. (laughs) Right. But I, this whole scene of her talking to, to her husband, which again, that's a shocker. We never knew that she was married at all. So this is a really cool, again, revelation with, for this character and just this whole idea of like, oh yeah, I know this is the, the party I, I told you about. And then she looks at that list. And she sees some of these, you know, names, and these are the names that she fights every day in the Senate and that take away everything that she has been trying to help these systems that need help. And these people are taking it away. And she tells them, like, you know, I fight these people. I talk to you about this when I come home. And this is how you treat me as far as an equal. Like, you're going to invite these people that I tell you are against me. Why are you doing this? And then I love his line of like, oh, you know, yeah, I have you separated on the other side of the table. I have the fun side. And I love her reaction to like, oh, you think they're fun? Tell that to the people that they are stopping these trade routes and stopping shipment and are starving. Tell them that. And I just love that. Just hers. She's like, you know, don't do this to me again. And she walks away. And I love his reaction of, oh, I heard you got something from me. And she goes, I'm taking it back. Like it just keeps walking away. I love that whole scene. Like it's so good. This is just, again, small snippet of we're seeing Mon Mothma in a totally different light. And I loved it. Ange, Mon Mothma, her husband, what do you got? I didn't like the guy. I don't know if it was a ponytail or what. 
but um you didn't like the cut of his jib (laughs) (laughs) oh can i say douchebag why you not? Can beat me it's out. It's our show. I don't, I don't care. It's our show. We can do I mean, we really, just um, and then you know that stuff came out later on Twitter about how it was an arranged marriage. If uh, Alden has any insider information on that, because I didn't, I didn't go too deep on figuring all that out. I was like, oh, arranged marriage makes sense, and um, maybe apparently the, they've been uh, married since they were sixteen. Is what yeah, Tony Gilroy said. You know, I didn't look too much either into like Chandrillin, uh. Culture. culture yeah is that like um that's their thing too as well it's Where new did I learn more like, about that this is new <laughs> stuff like we know some stuff about chandrilla and what went down there han and leia i believe lived there for a while i don't know if right. ben right. solo is born there but i know he's there as as a child um he might be born there but yeah it, it becomes sort of like in the new republic era like coruscant b like it becomes the capital for a while and things. And, but it, yeah, th- this cultural stuff about them is, is new and unfolding. Um, they have a daughter too. was the other thing that was revealed. I don't know if yes. you see this daughter in the show. Some people think Vel is their daughter, which is a fan theory Ooh, right now because like there's Mothma and Vel talking in some of the trailers. Um, but I'm not sure. I have no idea, but I, it better be arranged for how much this guy sucks. <laughs> I don't think she'd ever choose it. So no, she wouldn't. No, not her mom, Mothma. No, she wouldn't. No, she wouldn't. Andrea, anything else within that whole conversation between her husband and just the dinner plans and everything like that? I have never been more excited for a dinner party. Honestly, it was uh, beautiful. You know, um, her walking in and those bonsai trees and just how beautiful it was and um, how she was snappy with the help. I don't know if that's crappy of me to say, but I just liked her little toot that she threw out um, because you know that she's like soft and kind, but then has to be like abrasive and direct. So it's, I mean, she just expresses her character so well. Um, I just love watching it. I could watch her just sit there reading a book or, or, you know, cutting her toenails. I don't care. Give me whatever. I'll take it. Oh, good old Genevieve O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah, she's she's such a great actress and, again, a great character. Alden, what about you? Anything, and connections that you've made with this whole dinner scene, dinner plans? Again, I can't wait to see this dinner. <laughs> I hope this dinner party, I hope we get to see it. Yeah, I would love to see the dinner party. It, it, the idea of Slymore being at a dinner party is just hilarious. A lot of people have talked about how funny that is. Like, that's a fun person. That's who you consider fun. Right. Slymore right. is a stares into your soul and literally had literally has at least some telepathic ability. Right. You know, right. they'll know what you're thinking. They they are in Palpatine's inner circle. Slymore is one of the only people that knew Palpatine was Darth Sidious the entire time. And that's a fun person. Okay. Uh I yeah, this guy, Perrin, is Every relative you've ever had that when you bring up a serious topic about politics, anything social, about your own life, that they are, oh, you're taking it too seriously. You're bringing the mood down. Why do you care? It doesn't affect us. He's the worst. I hate this guy. He's like, maybe you weren't there, you know, on January 6th, but you definitely watched the news and said, maybe they have a good point. Like, that. that's parent. Uh, the worst. Um, so you get all those elements of like the real life stuff and just 
to show you that Mothma can't even have peace in her own home. Like she can't, even when she's supposed to be able to drop it, she still has to be on guard. She still has to worry about everything. And it makes you realize that like Luthen is sort of the in-between between Saw and Mothma. He has the sort of the tactical calmness and can play it cool. He can be in high society. He's also willing to get down into the mud and blow stuff up, but he's not too far into either way. He's not going to go debate things with these politicians like Mothma will, but he's not going to like accidentally orphan people like Saw does in Rogue One. But what Mothma is in her journey is to be herself still, but to get out of this, to get out of the, to get out of the, the fakeness of it. Because by the time of Rebels, she's Mon Mothma, ex-Imperial Senator on the run. You know, she's she's full on sending out the broadcast. And by the time of Jedi, she's there on the ship giving orders in a military meeting. And so she has sort of stepped up uh, though her approach is a harder approach, a more honest approach that she's going to get there. And I pulled up the tweet here that it was a line that totally just slipped my mind because there's so many species and people in Star Wars. But this is like not just a Rebels reference. It's directly, like I said earlier, directly a prequel to a Rebels episode, this scene, where it says, Ma Mothma mentions, shout out to at Clone Humor, who pointed this out. Ma Mothma mentions that the Gorman shipping lanes have been cut off and the Gorman people will suffer. A few years later, the Gorman massacre is the reason why she leaves the Imperial Senate. And that's what she talks about in Rebels. So in Rebels, she says, I named the Emperor himself for ordering the brutal attacks on the people of Gorman. And that's when Ezra is watching her, her hologram. So it's like direct. And I don't know if that's Pablo Hidalgo. I don't know if that's just in general something they talked about when Mothma was included in the plan for the show. But this is her this is her moment. She's going to reach her breaking point of deciding this is garbage and there's no amount of debating that's going to fix it. Yeah. And I hope she realizes, too, which she probably already does, that her husband is complete garbage like you're saying as well because again when she flees in rebels he's not with her clearly so she was either like peace out i don't you know we're done or something happens to him and you know obviously she moves on and becomes this leader of the rebellion that we that we see so yeah it's it's going to be fascinating this whole i hope we get to see some scenes of this dinner party and just see how mon mothma carries herself in a room with these people that she has to argue with day in and day out and that are coming to her home. We're invited by her husband to her space and to like feel this like walls closing in on her. It's going to be really, really fascinating to see. I mean, it reminds me of you and Alden, you might've mentioned it, I think earlier about the princess of Alderaan book, like that whole dinner scene within that book for Bale and Berea when Tarkin came over, like I, that was tension. And I want to see that type of tension within this dinner, like party that they're going to have. So, Oh, it's going to be spicy kids. It's going to be spicy, spicy, spicy. And I can't wait. I hope they, again, I hope we get a little snippet of that dinner party. Cause I think it'd be really, really cool. So let's wrap, uh, let's wrap this uh, up a little bit as far as let's talk about the ISB because oh wow this was probably for me the meat and potatoes of the of this episode because a we get into this whole idea of the ISB how it works we talked about it a little bit earlier with them considering themselves like healthcare providers and like rooting out 
the the disease within the galaxy and everything like that. But these characters of uh, Blevin, Deidre, is really, 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 really fascinating to me. Specifically, you know, Belvin, who is going, is in charge of, I think even the Major said, like, 12 sectors. So uh, Morolani's system was one of them. And obviously within Morolani, there's Ferrix. So this is his his trouble to deal with is what will happen at in Ferrix. And I love that scene of him going to Ferrix, yelling at those security guards. And then this, the smallest, smallest comedy beat. And I loved it. And I laughed out loud was when Mosk raises his hand. And Pelvin's like, seriously, like you're raising your hand. Like it was just, just him chewing them out, you know, calling them, you know, this whole ineptitude, uh, idiocracy, total disengagement. Like, I just love how he just laid into these guys. And then we see how hard that hit for Karn and like why he goes back home and like just like sulks and just is like defeated. So like that whole scene I loved. I love the whole, obviously, the whole meeting scene of the whole ISB, them talking about different things. Again, we get drops of of um, Scarif and the dealings of what's going on over there. Again, different systems that they're talking about. We we you know we can hear. We've heard these systems mentioned before. But then Deidre, I love her character. I think she's a fascinating character. And I, Andrea, you brought it up earlier. I could totally see her maybe being a like inside man for Mon Mothma. Maybe I I can totally see it because as Belvin called out, like called her out, he's like, you know, you should study the ladder before you climb it. Like. He even sees that she's trying to, you know, elevate herself more quickly than maybe she needs to be or should be taken, you know. So all these characters, and then obviously Major, uh, Major Partagas, like, uh, such a great actor. He's the one from Game of Thrones. Um, I'm I'm blanking on that character's uh, name. Kyburn. Kyburn. Anton Lesser. Yes. He plays Kyburn. Maester. Yeah. Maester. <laughs> I was on. I was on Imperial Senate yesterday with Claire, and she called him Major Mate. Uh, Major Maester. <laughs> yeah, really not funny. wrong. <laughs> not wrong, right? You're not wrong, Claire. Uh, but yeah, this whole, the whole ISB, I I could do a whole show with these guys. Like, I could do a whole show of just ISB politics moving, you know, them not helping each other like we talked about earlier. It's such a great and fascinating, again, never seen it in Star Wars. We've heard about it, haven't seen it. Now we're seeing it, and it's so great. So, uh, Andrea, I'll kick it off to you first, man. ISB. What's your thoughts? How did you feel about these scenes with these different characters? It's juicy. Yeah, I love um, ISB. I just, when I saw uh, the little shot come up, I said out loud, ISB, yes. And my mom goes, what? <laughs> but, um, you know, we get a little bit of ISB mentioned in Rebels with um, Callus. and Yeah. Callus is ISP, yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. So, you know, it's it's nice to see like the um the inner workings and the someone not off on a mission or investigating someone. Some they're in their home base, and you get to see what that looks like. I really liked that. Yeah, uh, Deidre's just awesome. Her saying, you know, like she suspects organized rebellion activity you know there's a pattern pattern of coordinated activity it's all just like ooh, i love it like you know it's just it's good stuff so i just again like 
and the casting is outstanding. Who they choose to play these Imperials is spot on. Um, I also like the scene also, like you said, with Blevin and him just like, I love how he says, congratulations, you rung the bell. Like there will be no more. Uh, this this will only be under like Imperial activity going forward. It was great. I just absolutely loved it. Um, and I hope Karn becomes some sort of ISB Imperial, whatever, because he just fits it well. So, um, you know, we, we like the bad guys that don't know they're bad, I guess is what it is, is what I like is like, and then you love the realization when they realize that they're fighting for the wrong side or they, they're, um, just working. They're not even fighting. They're just working. They don't really have like a stance on anything besides order. So, it was great to see. I just, the show is just, you know, checking the boxes on all things I want to see in this yeah. era. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm with you. And especially with um, Deputy Karn, like, I feel like he could go a couple directions. One, this could lead him to wanting to join the ISB and join the Empire and everything like that. Or it could lead him to wanting to join the Rebellion because he sees that even though he felt like what he was doing was right on Ferrix, he got blamed for it. He's a reason that it failed. He's a reason that now the Imperials are completely taking over that system and it's not being run by the security anymore. So I could see him turning that way as well. And then, the, I mean, I can see him just going rogue on his own, trying to figure out what happened and go after Cassian himself. Like I can totally see that as well. And then maybe he does meet up with Cassian and then maybe Cassian is the one that brings them into the rebellion. Like there's so that he has so many avenues that that character can take. And it's really fascinating. Like super fascinating. He has an Imperial face. Yes. No, he does. He has, he's totally Imperial, like through and through, you know, he really is like, you know, the, how he had, you know, custom his um, outfit, you know, that, that the chief, uh, chief deputies, uh, chief inspector saw. So like he is, he has Imperial written all over him, but, I feel like he's such a broken man now. I mean, that elevator scene, it, it kind of just tell like it just for me, it's almost like visual storytelling where like he went from the bottom to get up to where he was at on the Milani system and security guard. And then he completely fails. And now he has to go back down to where he started and to feel that he is at the bottom of everything else. Like it's just uh, in the acting Oh my God, the actor, I think it's Kyle. Um, I can't remember his last Solar. name. Solar. Solar. Does such a good job with this character. I'm really, really interested. He's great. Yeah. Alden, I mean, your thoughts on the whole ISB stuff, the new characters we're getting. Oh, it's juicy. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because every storyline, like like we said earlier, this idea they don't know they're the bad guys. And we're in this storyline. And even though DJ Miro is unequivocally objectively a bad person we, we even hear later on that her detention numbers are super high that she comes from enforcement like this is this is a high level fascist space cop but she's the eyes in for this story and so we find us rooting for her against her co-workers and then we're like wait a sec i'm not supposed to be rooting for any of you so that's the that's the te- testament to the quality of the writing and, and denise uh denise goff uh, her performance is great. I thought she was super compelling. I'm excited to see if there's going to be an unholy alliance between Deidre and uh, Cyril Karn. 
to see them come together because they're both being shafted by their bosses and they're oh, both being sort yeah. of screwed over by the system and they're both on the same planet right now. So it's like if he tries to get into ISB, if he tries to, you know, show up for the next, I don't know, career day or something, like come apply, like <laughs> whatever it is. However they get together um, is going to be interesting. It's going to be a bad time for a yeah. lot of the other characters. Uh, yeah. I loved uh, Anton Lesser as uh, part of Gas. Part of Gaz, part of Gast. I'm not sure exactly yet, but right. the whole idea of this character that he doesn't not care about what she's saying. He cares that she's not the one that should be saying it. Like he's he's sort of like in the same way that Luthen is playing chess. He's playing his own kind of chess where he's like, I hear you. That's not why you were hired. Like I will. I'll deal with it in my own way. Go away. Like nobody should be out of there. Whereas the rebel Alliance encourages people to wear multiple hats and figure things out and make friendships and bonds and, and do unconventional things. I mean, look at the people that they made generals. They made Han Solo and Lando Calrissian generals. <laughs> like, they got, like, like these two guys, like that literally are two of the most ridiculous clowns. Uh, and they, they're willing to fight with Ewoks. They're willing to hire, smugglers uh, they were smugglers <laughs> yeah smugglers and, and crooks they're willing to reprogram you know kx droids like k2 and turn them so like the rebel alliance is a motley crew but the imperials it's like you better stay in your land even if you have a good point you better stay in your land that's it's not up for debate it's not we don't care about intuition we don't care about overachieving um, the only type of overachieving you should be doing is screwing over the person in the office next to you, basically. So it was, a, it was a really compelling scene for sure. The whole sequence was great. And just again, aesthetically, like seeing her walk in with her briefcase and her boots and her overcoat, and then you pan over and it's the ISB building, which we had never seen. And it looks like evil. Um, it sticks out and it's it's really cool. Yeah, it it's such a great, again, the aesthetic of the ISB and we finally get to see the headquarters because, like you said earlier, Andrew, like we have heard and we have seen ISB agents, but we've never really seen like the the headquarters of it, how it runs and seeing how they do things like we've been talking about. Like basically, like you were saying, Alden, like Deidre is being told, like, stay in your lane. You have two sectors. He has 12. Worry about your area. And don't worry about his, you know, so it, even though she's right, like you're saying, like, even though the major feels like she is right in what she's saying, he he's just like, well, you got to stay, stay in your lane. Like, I'll deal with it my own way, but you have to stay in your lane. And it's just a fascinating again, if they would have worked together, the ISB, the Imperials would have been unstoppable, really, honestly, if they would have actually not tried to get over one another for movement and you know political or career you know decisions they would have actually probably been a better working overall system and they would have probably snuffed out the rebellion long long ago but because of who they are and what they do this is what happened the rebellion was able to grow and to manifest into what they become and take down the the entire imperial and empire so it's Oh, it's so fascinating to see like the beginnings. It's almost like the beginnings of the downfall of it, right? Because we're almost at that kind of peak of where they are. And then we're slowly going down to where the rebels, you know, take over and, and 
are able to defeat them. So it's a fascinating, fascinating, fascinating like aspect of this uh, Star Wars that we have never really seen. And I'm, I can't wait to get more. I hope we get to see more of the ISB and get more of their kind of backstabbing political stuff because it's very interesting to me uh, for sure. And then, yeah, more Deidre, more Deputy Karn. I mean, yeah, I, I can't wait to see where he goes. I think he's one of my like inter- most like fascinating characters to see what happens to for me anyway. So, yeah, this was a great episode. I mean, what else can we say? Like, this was a fabulous episode. It was obviously uh, written by, I think it was Susanna White. And then obviously it was written uh, written by Tony and Dan Guillory. Uh, I mean, we've been talking about how the writing has been fabulous and it it just shows. It shows with this episode for sure. So, Andrew, wrap it up. Final thoughts, anything you want to bring up or any other um, overall feelings you have? No, I'm hyped for next week. I'm hyped for this uh, destroy the garrison, take the payroll mission. Want to see what happens. Ready to go. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm so pumped to see what where we go. Alden, my friend, last thoughts? Anything you uh, want to bring up or what you're looking forward to? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this mission. I'm looking forward to seeing the eye of Aldani and this like natural phenomenon. I, the show's been so gorgeous that you just know it's going to be something special if they've hyped it up. Uh, I'm excited to see presumably a lot of these crew members die and Vel's group. I don't see them being long lasting as yeah. much as I like them. Uh, it was interesting at the beginning when she was talking about how Clem being added to their group makes seven. And so you sort of have a seven samurai thing going, which Star Wars oh, loves yeah. to yeah. homage and even charging it, you know, could be a hidden fortress homage, which is sort of like what George did with the Death Star and things. So there's lots of classic stuff going on, but I, I'm excited to see how it all plays out, especially because if you do an episode with no action, you know that they're saving all of it, which is going to be yeah. really, really cool. So I'm excited for everything. It was, it was a beautiful episode for character. The dialogue is killer and I'm excited going forward. Yep. Me too. Uh, well said, as always, my friend. Yeah, this it's gonna be a ride, man. We're only what a quarter of the way through the season, and this is where we are already. God, yeah, I can't, I can't wait. Like, I can't really. I'm looking forward to more Imperial Senate stuff too, more Mon Mothma, more of that type of dealings as well within the Senate and seeing, you know, we've seen it in trailers, but seeing the the Imperial Senate again is going to be really, really cool. I'm very, very excited to, for all that. Mr. Diaz, thank you so much for coming on, man. This was a lot of fun as always. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank yeah, you for, uh, thank you for being a friend. See, I'm not going <laughs> to sing the whole thing because then that will get you a copyright strike. And I don't want to do that. It's not because, it's not because I can't jam it. No. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It was, it was great to hang out with you again. It was great to meet you because yes, we, we've nice. never met. We have never met. Laura and I deal with all the time. But yes, you know, yes, we've never met over in uh, Game of Thrones world um, in, mm-hmm. in Westeros. But yeah, it was, it was a great episode. And I'm excited to to discuss more of the season with you and all of our friends because it's a long road. You know, we're not used to this. If, if, if this was one of the other shows, it would be almost over. We'd be headed toward the finale. Right, right. But this is the longest live action show Disney Plus has done. And it will be the longest one until Daredevil, because that's going to be 18, 18. episodes. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be nuts. But yeah, exciting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Alden, let them know where they can find you, all your doings on the interwebs. Yeah. I don't know where you can find you. 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Alden Diaz, T-H-A-T-A-L-D-E-N-D-I-A-Z. On Octo Radio, a Star Wars podcast, that's where I do my interview show. The episode reviews are all there, Rebels Rewatch, some other stuff as well, random side projects and things. And then you can find me uh, co-hosting, co-producing Casterly Talk with friend of both of our shows, Ken Knapsack, where Lauren has been a guest numerous times and will continue to be a guest as mm-hmm. we move forward in the realms of House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones overall, and then Rings of Power. Um, probably Willow later this year. So it's sort of your fantasy sort of catch all channel there, podcast and YouTube. And then uh, if I have other stuff going on, I'll let you know. Yes, definitely. He, he's a busy, he's a busy, busy person people. So definitely check out all his stuff that he's doing. So again, Mr. Diaz, thank you so much for joining us. We had such a fun time. We'll have to do this again for sure. We'll set something up. Andrea, let the good people know where they can find you. You can follow me on Twitter. I don't know why. I don't do much. I mean, I just... Seriously, like... I was looking through my... Is it feed? I don't even know the terminology. And I was like, God, what a mishmash of just a bunch of crap. But cool crap. I love art. I love BTS. I love Star Wars. I love Dave. I love my dog. Hey, dog. All right. So, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter um, at R2D2Step. Yes, and then you guys can follow me, Lauren Romo, at Lowro Nose on Twitter. Then you can follow the Galactic Podcast at the Galactic Pod on Twitter. And we are on all the major platforms, Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, all the good stuff. So go check uh, check all of our other episodes out. And obviously, as we said, go check out Mr. Alden Diaz's channel as well. Listen to all his great interviews for sure. That's it. That's the show, kids. As always, may that force be with you. Always always <laughs>